Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back to our wonderful listeners. Today's podcast is going to focus in on optimizing your sleep. So we're going to talk a little bit about why is it important, uh, what to do if you're having troubles, and hopefully you'll gain a lot of uh, neat tips from our guest, Brooke. So welcome to the show, Brooke. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Let's maybe start by building some context uh, by maybe just you telling us a little bit more about you and the training that you've gone through and, you know, like what got you interested in sleep in the first place? Yeah, thanks for asking. So my name is Brooke. I own a business called Bedtime Beginnings. Um, I really truly believe that everyone deserves a good night's sleep. And I believe that the world would be a better place if everyone got a good night's sleep every night. Um, I've honestly always valued sleep. I've always loved to sleep. Um, even as a child and like a, a teenager, I remember my mom commenting on when I didn't get a good night's sleep, I would be a little bit grumpy the next day. And um, throughout college and, you know, all my kind of younger years, I, I never really pulled all-nighters. I really did enjoy going to bed and waking up feeling well-rested in the morning. So it wasn't really until I had my first daughter and she turned out to be not so great of a sleeper um, that I realized, you know, really how much it was taking a toll on my mental health, my physical well-being, and really my relationships with people as well because I just couldn't function as I normally had um, without the sleep that I was getting. So, you know, that story ended well. I was able to figure out what was going on with her sleep, fix it so that we could all get back to sleep. And it was such a life-changing process for me and my husband and my family that I realized over, you know, the years after that, that I needed to help people. Sleep as a study is really fairly new. Uh, You know, we talk about sleep a lot, but it hasn't been actually studied up until kind of the last few decades. So when, you know, we talk about it as a society, we really don't know what we're talking about in so many ways. So uh, I really felt this drive to get out and educate people because a lot of people don't realize that there are some easy ways to fix our sleep and really become better sleepers. So I became passionate about really solving the problem and not just putting a band-aid on it and, you know, giving that short or sorry, giving that long-term solution instead of that short-term fix. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I mean, I talk to a lot of my patients about sleep, um, especially, you know, uh, somebody who might be experiencing a lot of discomfort and, and pain. Oftentimes they're not sleeping well and it's kind of a catch, you know, it's kind of a vicious cycle because, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't feel good. So you don't sleep, which makes you then not feel good, which makes you not sleep more. Um, and so oftentimes it, it's, it's hard to know where to sort of put the spoke in the wheel to just kind of break that cycle. Um, yeah. but we know that if you are not sleeping well, you're going to be a lot more in your fight or flight and a lot more yeah. reactive in your day to day. And we know that if you're in fight or flight, you 
you know, it tends to increase our pain sensation. So, um, so I, I'm not the expert on the sleep. I mean, I have like some basic tips, but, uh, I felt it was important to speak with somebody who, you know, has dived deeper into, um, into sleep to kind of even help me, you know, um, educate better about it. So thank you so much for agreeing to do the uh, podcast. Yeah, it really is my pleasure. I really enjoy educating. So let's maybe talk or start about start with why is sleep so important? Mm-hmm. Well, I really consider it, you know, one of the main pillars of a healthy life. And, you know, we hear so much about eating a good diet and covering all your food groups and, you know, moving your body and being active and exercising and not staying, you know, sedentary for too long. Um, And I find that, you know, sleep, as much as it's important, really kind of does take a back burner. You know, people wake up at 4 a.m. to go work out or, you know, they eat late into the night, which then affects their sleep. And um, that's, again, why I'm kind of out here doing this, because sleep is vital to a healthy body. Uh, We do need to eat well, we do need to move our body and we do need to rest. Um, During those sleep stages, we, you know, all of our cellular function is being repaired. It aids in memory consolidation, memory formation. Our energy is restored. Tissue growth and repair is happening. It improves our immune function. You know, it really is kind of the end-all be-all for so many things. And without that sleep, you know, we we see an increase in heart disease, like heart attacks. And um, um, you know, our metabolism slows down, there's weight gain. So people that are, you know, waking up at 4am to work out, they might not see that they're losing any weight. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not sleeping well. Um, some doctors even suggest that really, lack of sleep is the leading cause of death in America. And why it's such a bold statement, but why they say that is because lack of sleep really does contribute to so many other things that, you know, there's an increase in cancer, your mental health, you know, how do you feel when, you wake up after a night or a night or two of not sleeping well, you know, it really takes a toll on our mental health and our ability to function. So there's an increase in car accidents and all those things. And, um, you know, up until kind of now or these last few years, people aren't really putting those things together that this lack of sleep really does have an overall effect on our health and well-being. So, yeah, I really find that, you know, it just, it really does improve our whole life when we're sleeping well. Absolutely. And there's so much detoxing and so much, um, so many deeper, you know, mind and brain functions and body functions that are going on that I'm sure we don't even understand the whole picture. Um, but I would certainly agree. Like when I get a good night's sleep, I'm in a way better mood. Oh my gosh. Yeah, everybody, everybody, nobody could argue that. I don't think, right? When you, when your body is going to bed when it needs to and waking up when it needs to, and you know, we all have to kind of wake up, whether it's kids or alarm clocks for jobs and things like that. You know, there's a lot of us that kind of have to wake up maybe at not the optimal time, but um, you know, when you can have that good rest and wake up when your body's ready to wake up and not have that sleep inertia, that you know, kind of groggy bad feeling that we get sometimes when we're not ready to wake up. Yeah, you can take on the world, right? You have the whole day ahead of you to to feel great absolutely so what are some things like you know what's what's kind of happening when you're not sleeping well 
or why, you know, why might you not sleep well? I'm not even sure if I'm formulating the question correctly, but. Um, well, I think, yeah, getting onto the why, because, you know, the why is really the biggest question, I think. I think a lot of us kind of know the benefits of sleep and, you know, maybe not down to the nitty gritty details, but we understand that sleep is important so much, but it's the why. And this is kind of my favorite question because this is really how you fix your sleep. And, you know, what I like to kind of talk about is our body is designed to sleep. There's lots of different theories as to why we sleep and it's actually not a solid theory that's been established um, so we don't really know why we sleep necessarily other than you know our body will stop functioning if we don't sleep eventually hence why it's a form of torture sleep deprivation because it really is torturous um, but the why is so important so um, a lot of people that I work with it's more behavioral right so certainly we've heard of sleep apnea restless leg syndrome and there's some you know medically diagnosed sleep diseases or disorders Sorry, um, but most of the issues are actually behavioral in nature, and thankfully, behaviors can be changed and modified. So, some of the things that I see are stress. Right, if we think about the world we live in, there is a lot of stressful events in a day, in a week, you know, that really kind of take a toll on our on our system. Um, stimulation, we're constantly stimulated in our society, right? If it isn't at work, you know, at home, we have things bombarding us that need our attention. We're kind of pulled and, you know, drawn in all these different directions. Um, artificial light is a big one, and it's kind of one that. Um, I think it's talked about in terms of, you know, blue light. We, we hear about blue light and we know that it can be hard on our eyes. And really the reason for that is because it inhibits our melatonin production. And we need melatonin in order to fall asleep at night. Um, and that artificial light, it really was kind of after the invention of the light bulb and then what happened was that shift into the industrial revolution when we knew we could work right time is money and people could work all night they shift work you know ford motors came out with shifts and people could work all night now because there was light and they could function at night um but what they didn't obviously realize is that artificial light really does take a toll on our body because we need that rest so that's a big factor lack of schedule um our bodies so or our circadian rhythm our body clock um, does have kind of a set time where we want to go to bed each night and if we're respecting that and kind of going to bed within you know 15 to 30 minutes of the same time every night our body really does start to settle into that schedule and starts to be able to fall asleep a lot faster um, lack of routine and just kind of winding down you know a lot of people uh, watch TV and fall asleep to the TV which is fine teach their own but if you're having a hard time falling asleep or really sleeping well at night you know maybe look at that and remove that stimulation remove that blue light um, and come up with a bit of a routine to get yourself kind of ready for bed um, another factor is mindset. Sometimes, you know, you kind of hear, and it was common before um, I started this job, I worked in an office, and, you know, people would almost wear a badge of honor saying that they slept poorly last night and that they're a bad sleeper and things like that. And, you know, our mind controls everything. So when we tell ourselves constantly that we're a bad sleeper, guess what? you become a bad sleeper. So a lot of times it can be mindset too. Um, and then sleeping pills. Um, I have to just kind of talk quickly about that. But, no, no, talk um, about yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah. Sleeping pills are, you know, are really kind of the main reason I got into working with adults because again, when we go back to that, you know, solving the problem versus the band aid. sleeping pills are the band aid, right? We, 
as a society, we don't have a lot of solutions yet for these sleep issues. So what do we do? We go to our doctor, of course. And unfortunately, most doctors aren't very educated in sleep. You know, they're very educated in so many things and sleep is just, you know, a few hours that they actually study. So, you know, of course, they don't have all the answers for behavioral sleep problems. So they're very apt to give out medication. Um, unfortunately, sleeping pills, most of them are more like a hypnotic. So what happens is, you know, you take them and you can fall asleep maybe faster, but then you really don't remember the fact that you haven't slept any better. So they don't actually improve your quality of sleep. Um, one study really proves that they don't, you actually don't get into the deep stages of sleep on many of these different types of sleeping pills. So you're not, you're waking up feeling groggy and feeling kind of in a, in a haze. And that's because you really haven't slept well that night, but you just don't remember it. So one of the biggest problems with sleeping pills is people get psychologically addicted to them because they have this huge fear of going off of the sleeping pill and then not sleeping well again. So they maintain taking them, you know, in hopes that this is okay, this is better than not sleeping well, um, and they kind of can't stay on them. So yeah, it's kind of a kind of a scary thing because people are taking them, you know, more for long term use rather than what they should be for, which is short term. And you know, anything in the short term isn't horrible or, or isn't always horrible, I should say. So, you know, if, if there's been a loss in the family or you're jet lagged or you know, there's something going on at work where you know you really need to sleep for a week or so, then there's nothing wrong with them. But it's the long term use of sleeping pills that we're really seeing as taking a toll on people's health and well being. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard because a lot of the things that we need to do to improve any aspect of our health and well-being, um, you know, requires us to change. Yes. Right. And um, it can be scary and it can be hard um, to get started. And, um, you know, you implement a change, but you're not seeing like we want immediate results. And yes, you're right. <laughs> you know, changing a behavior and helping your body get back into the correct, or I shouldn't say correct, but into a circadian rhythm that's right for you. I mean, mm -hmm. that takes time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you weren't born a bad sleeper, right? Correct. I mean, like being mindful of obviously like conditions and things of that nature but generally speaking the general population like you're not a you're not born a bad sleeper you somehow develop a habit or a behavior or something's going on that then um you know creates a creates an issue and i think diving deeper into like figuring out what the issues are is hard too right yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, right? We're a quick fix society. You know, there is a, I saw a thing on Facebook the other day, right? There's a big lineup of people for the short-term fix of pills and, you know, a very one person in the line for the actual life-changing benefits because it is hard. It's hard to make change. And when we're talking about adults, we're talking about years of potential poor sleep habits and it does take time to undo them. Uh, when I work with adults, you know, often we're working together for four plus weeks because we slowly step in to change just like if you were to go on a diet or change your exercise program you know it's if you bite off too much you often fail because it's really difficult to change a lot of things all at once so we kind of look at what is getting in the way of your sleep and of those things that I've talked about or the kind of the main things that I talked about you know what can we kind of address and what are the main factors that are you know really getting in the way of your good night's sleep so then we kind of slowly step into it because it is change is hard for anybody so um, yeah I agree with that. For sure. Um, let's 
talk a little bit about insomnia because there's just, there's like, they're sleeping poorly or there's yeah. having a hard time falling asleep, but where does it, like, what is insomnia? Where does that fall into the spectrum? Mm-hmm. Well, insomnia is characterized by, you know, the difficulty to fall asleep or really staying asleep. Um, but the actual definition of insomnia contains, you know, five different kind of elements. And um, a lot of people really don't suffer from quote unquote true insomnia because they don't necessarily um, check off all of these things. So it needs to take you more than half an hour to fall asleep waking up five or more times in through the night. So everybody wakes through the night, but the difference is most of us are able to just, you know, grab our pillow, roll back over, and you really don't remember it. Um, and those wakings are fine. You know, it's very common to wake in the night, but if you're waking up and having trouble falling back to sleep more than five times a night, then that would be bad. Um, if you're losing kind of over 30 minutes of sleep, right? So if you're waking up those five times, not able to fall back asleep, and you're missing out on 30 plus minutes of sleep a night, or if you're getting six and a half hours or less, right? So the recommended, well, it's really kind of eight to 10 hours. Uh, most people don't get that much sleep, but I think they've actually shifted it down to kind of seven to nine, which is a lot more realistic for, um, you know, kind of our society. Um, so if you're getting six and a half hours or less sleep a night, and if your deep wave sleep is less than 15 minutes. So we need that round, that really deep sleep. So if we're getting less than 15 minutes a night, then certainly there's going to be some, you know, dysfunction in our body uh, long-term because of that. Uh, This is a total random question because it just popped into my head. And the reason it popped into my head is because I started using a sleep app Mm -hmm. to kind of track, to track my, uh, just to track where my deep sleep, how many hours, um, you know, it it apparently will record if you've been snoring, um, and it helps you see the quality of your sleep. Now, I'm, I, I'll, I'll preface by saying I'm one of those people that, like, I use a meditation app because I like to see the numbers. Like, you've done 365 days of meditation, like, this year. Like, I want to see those numbers. So when I look at my sleep and I'm looking at my quality, like, I want to see a high quality of sleep. And if it's not happening, then I'm like, okay, how do I make this better? Um, but do you use sleep apps? Do you have thoughts about sleep apps? Yeah, it's a great question. I personally don't. I tried one just for fun, just to kind of see. Um, and I found the same as what people suggest as to why not to use is become you, you become a little bit obsessed over it and you start to really analyze your sleep too much. And sleep should be natural, right? We, you know, I guess if you're having sleep issues, you're probably sleeping or thinking about it a lot anyways. So, you know, maybe for those people, it could be beneficial, but I think for the general population, I think it really does bring um, an element of worry to it. So I would almost, you know, kind of, if you're sleeping okay and you know, you're not kind of waking up and having these troubles falling asleep, then I would put those aside and really focus on how do you feel? Do you feel tired? Are you waking up feeling groggy? Do you have that dip in the afternoon where you're like, wow, I could really use a nap. I'm really having a hard time functioning right now. And factors like that, because I find with technology, there's always an er- uh, um, an element of error, right? Where oh, absolutely. It, it doesn't necessarily work properly. And then we start to really think, oh gosh, yeah, I don't feel very well today because it says I didn't sleep very well last night. So um, yeah, I usually say to look internally before kind of externally like that. And how are you feeling? Because really like I need more sleep than my husband just to function. 
action to feel good. So, you know, it's hard to kind of compare on an app too, to say, well, is this really what I need or am I okay with how, how I'm sleeping? So for sure, for sure. I mean, I've definitely, um, like I, I got, you know, an Apple watch and I was fiddling around and I thought, Oh, this might be like something, you know, fun to just check out and see, um, you know, what my sleep looks like. But some nights I'll look and I'll wake up and I'm like, there is no way that my quality of sleep was 94. Like, I don't feel that that was, you know, and then other nights, you know, it'll pick up the sound of my fan blowing and it'll assume that I'm snoring and I'm like, no, actually I slept really, really good. So, I mean, I take it with a grain of salt. Um, I'm just a curious person. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I just like, I don't get overly involved. I'm just like, oh, cool. Like this is kind of when I woke up and yep, that's exactly what time I woke up and is, you know, so I kind of just use it more for, for fun and curiosity Curiosity, and actually see like, is this accurate or not? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there is you know, a benefit to tracking your sleep because, you know, we, when we're kind of going back to the, the circadian rhythm and your body clock and, you know, some people do have a circadian rhythm disorder and, you know, a lot of that has to do with what time do you have to be up and what time does your body want to be up? Um, you know, I'll go back to my husband. He's a bit of a night owl. So he, his preference would be to stay up later and then wake up later. Whereas I like to go to bed earlier and wake up early. So if, you know, he's in a position where he has to be up for work, then he's not going to necessarily be getting up when his body's ready to get up. So I think the tracking of your sleep can be really beneficial for a lot of people because we really do want to respect our body because, you know, just like anything, you don't want to fight your body on it. It's just going to be an uphill battle. So if we can track our sleep, whether it's through these apps or just taking a piece of paper and, you know, writing down what time you went to bed, what time you fell asleep and, you know, just tracking it for a week or two and really see you know, I went to bed at 10.30 last night and I fell asleep right away versus when I go to bed at 11, it takes me longer or going to bed earlier, right? And it takes me longer. So I think some people are naturally, I'm sorry, I know some people are naturally just a little bit later and a little bit earlier. So I do think tracking your sleep can have huge benefit. Um, and what you're doing sounds perfect because you're not obsessing over it. Right? Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely not. Like I'll kind of look at it and, you know, giggle to myself if like, I see that it's recorded a whole bunch of snoring because I'm like, I know that's, I'm like, I know you just picked up the fan. So I, I just kind of laugh and, and, you know, um, and for a few days I don't use it. Some days I do use it, but it's really more just about curiosity mm-hmm. and also being able to reflect. Um, if I potentially didn't have a good quality of sleep, why that might be like, is it because I had a glass of wine with dinner or, you know, did I eat too late? You know, like, so really it's, it's more, it becomes more of a prompt for me to reflect on what I might have been doing prior to sleep. Um, so that then I can address that. Right. And I think if more people did that, honestly, people would sleep better because you, you know, it sounds like you're very aware and, you know, our intake prior to bed really is a huge factor in how well we're sleeping and, you know, everything we do really kind of in the day, obviously, is a factor in how well we sleep at night. But, um, you know, our inactivity versus, you know, working out right before bed, that can have a factor in what you're talking about, how, you know, having a drink can certainly be a factor and, you know, not eating, you know, sometimes people think that 
having a very low carb diet can be really helpful. But unfortunately, you know, we need those carbohydrates. Our brain needs that energy to function at night. So, you know, there's so many things that, you know, people just don't realize that could be a factor. So yeah, I love the awareness around it because really that's what it's all about. Just like our intake for food, right? You know, we have to be aware of what we're eating. And the same with movement, right? If we sat at a desk all day and then got in the car and then went back and sat on the couch all night, you know, our body is going to suffer from that eventually because of that inactivity. So yeah, I think the awareness is a huge piece in, in this big puzzle of health. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I wasn't intending on that message coming through, but I'm glad that it, um, I'm glad that it did because it just sort of was like, okay, same. it it is really about awareness and I'm very much about like trying to be present and, you know, bring my attention to, okay, what may be creating this. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm glad that message Mm -hmm. came through. Yeah. I, I appreciate you bringing that up because honestly, you know, going back to when I was talking about my old workplace and people talking about, you know, how poorly they slept and, you know, really one of the first steps I have people do sometimes is take a little journal and write down anytime you think about sleep or you hear about sleep, because really there are not a lot of people that talk about sleep in a positive sense. Um, you know, people aren't coming in and like, Oh, I just had the best sleep last night. Right. They just don't talk about it. They'll talk about how poorly they slept. So, we're really surrounded by all this negative talk regarding sleep. And it really, again, does kind of affect our mindset and takes a toll on, on it. So yeah, I think that's all an important conversation. So thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. So let's, um, let's talk about sleep hygiene. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it may be a word or a concept that people have heard about or maybe, or, or not. Um, so I thought, you know, let's ask, you know, let's ask the expert about, you know, what is sleep hygiene and let's take it from there. Sure. Sounds great. So really going back to kind of all those factors that I, you know, have been mentioning um, in terms of how our body needs to sleep and, you know, it's all those kind of external factors that, you know, we do or take in that can, you know, have a toll on our our body's ability to really sleep well. So sleep hygiene is, is huge. You know, a lot of us know sleeping in the dark is better, right? Melatonin levels. We need melatonin to be able to fall asleep. And, um, you know, I'll kind of just take a side note quickly about melatonin supplements. Um, It's becoming more popular. Um, And I just, you know, it's I think, again, it can work in the short term, this melatonin supplements. Um, A lot of people are, you know, enthusiastic about it because they're natural. Um, The problem is they're because they're natural, there's really no assurance of their purity um, because there's really very little scientific research that's gone into it and it's not regulated. So um, I just always put a kind of word of caution out about taking melatonin supplements because we don't know the long-term effects of it. Um, So just kind of that side note on that. Um, But yeah, sleep hygiene. So we know a dark room is better. Um, Certainly, you know, kind of the quieter, the better. It doesn't have to be like you can hear a pin drop quiet. You know, some people really enjoy that kind of ambient, that white noise in the background. Um, Cool. We like a cool room as our body settles into sleep. Um, Our body temperature drops. So the cool room can really help to enhance that. And then really preparing our mind for sleep. So, you know, we know that 95% of our thoughts are our subconscious. And if our subconscious 
mind is not ready for sleep, then you can, you know, almost bet money that when you go to lay down in bed, you're going to be kind of overcome with all of these thoughts and you just won't be prepared. So um, I talk a lot about what we call the power down hour. And I use this for a lot of the people I work with that are suffering with the ability to fall asleep quickly at night. So on average, it should take an adult about 10 minutes to fall asleep. And that's a fairly normal amount of time. The first stage of sleep is really light. So a lot of times you kind of don't even realize you're falling asleep and would actually argue the fact that you're sleeping. Um, but it usually takes an adult about 10 minutes to fall asleep. So if it's taking longer than that, then this is going to be a great suggestion. So the power down hour, really what we look at is we want to kind of set up a routine. So if you have kids or if anybody has kids, they know the importance of a bedtime routine. For adults, it's the same. It's the same importance. So what I usually suggest is power down um, all your electronics, right? So get off your phone, get off your laptop, turn your TV off. I would even go so far as dimming the lights in your house. It doesn't mean you have to walk in complete darkness for that whole hour leading up to the bedtime. But, you know, if you have these bright LED lights, that bright white and that bright blue light is really hot on your eyes. So just dimming those lights. And then, you know, spending some time doing some activities that you enjoy. Like a lot of people, you know, maybe have some magazines that they never find the time to read or or like taking a bath or, you know, there's lots of things that we do reading a book, of course, that we, you know, maybe enjoy, but we don't make the time for because we're so busy doing everything else. And of course, again, that busyness really does consume our mind. So if we stay busy right until the second that we get into bed, a lot of time our mind is flooded with all of these thoughts of, oh my gosh, well, I didn't do that. What do I have to do? And that, and it makes it really hard for us to sleep. So I think it's really important to, like I said, kind of power down um, to prepare for sleep. I um, um, I was going to say, I like brain dumps. Yes. So that'll, that'll sometimes be something that I'll do because I'm so kind of worried that I'm going to forget to do something the next day. So somebody had suggested like brain dumping, Mm -hmm. before sleep so like write down all the stuff you need to do tomorrow all the stuff you don't want to forget you know that projects that's due and you know so and so needs to sign this get it down all on paper because then you can have the peace of mind knowing you're not forgetting anything so you don't have to kind of like keep replaying it in your head to remember I completely agree and then you know, kind of allocating the importance of each item, because I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm, you know, kind of inundated with all the things I have to do. And when I really look at it, you know, they're not all of the same importance. And if we kind of just allow our mind to keep going on those things, then of course, they seem really, really big and important and stressful, but they don't have to be. So yeah, I love the brain dump. I think it's really important. Um, another thing I suggest to people that, you know, maybe after the brain dump kind of thing is um, doing a little bit of a gratitude journal. And it can be as simple as having, you know, a dollar store book beside your bed um, and just kind of writing down the things that you're grateful for and whether it's just you know the sun's shining or you got a really good parking spot today or you know you're happy to see your grass is growing or it doesn't matter what it is but if you can kind of show some gratitude it really does help to put your mind in a really positive state and that is where we want to be when we're going to bed so that can also help too. Yeah I, I sometimes will do like the gratitude part in the morning to, mm -hmm. um, you know, to set the, set the tone, but you're right. You know, even reflecting on, you know, what was positive in your day today, right. It kind of takes you like into a reflection mode, which when I'm reflecting, I tend to want to be more quiet yes. so that I have like the attention to reflect. 
I agree. I agree. Um, you know, and going back to kind of the stress, right? We, we know North America, we're very stressed here. Um, our lives are busy. You know, there is a lot of stimulation. There's a lot going on all the time. Um, and stress is a huge factor in sleep. And again, giving yourself kind of that time to wind down, doing your brain dump, doing gratitude, whatever it is to prepare for sleep can be really helpful. Um, but I think taking care of your stress during the day is really important too. So, you know, obviously we hear all the time experts suggest about meditation. They suggest it for a reason. It's really beneficial to your body and your mind. And, um, you know, I don't think it's really necessarily realistic for people to be meditating in the middle of the day um, in their workplace. So I like to kind of have realistic options for people. But, um, you know, when people suggest taking a break, again, that's for a good reason. So um, after one stressful event, it can take an hour for your body to self-regulate and get back to kind of that ground zero. So if you're experiencing multiple stressful events in a day, and then you're not taking care of yourself and you're trying to go into bed, there's a really good chance you're going to have a hard time sleeping because all of that's going to resurface. So, you know, taking a 15 minute break or a 10 minute break, you know, every hour or two hours, you know, they suggest every 90 minutes is kind of the best or less if you can. Um, but that, what that does is it really helps to kind of deregulate and, you know, bring yourself back down so that you don't have to kind of deal with the stress all day. Um, but certainly, you know, meditation and sometimes I even suggest that progressive relaxation technique where, you know, you kind of go through your, your body, flexing your muscles and then releasing that. Um, I sometimes suggest for people to do that before bed because, you know, it can really kind of center yourself and, and just bring that element of relaxation into your bedtime routine, which is really important. And I was also going to add, I mean, you know, at worst case scenario, if you can't meditate, um, breathing, like focused yeah. breathing is a fantastic and easy way to kind of bring you out of that fight or flight mm -hmm. into that sort of rest, digest, repair kind of zone, the relaxation zone. And it could be as simple as like taking 10, you know, really um deep breaths with really really like i, I call them the extra long exhales right mm -hmm. and just focusing on exhaling as long as you can take 10 breaths and then okay go time right yeah and they can be done anywhere which is perfect right you don't have to be you know in a state where you can lay down or have to lay down yeah you can just do that anywhere i think that's a great suggestion yeah, well, and you don't need any special equipment or anything, right? It's it's right. all built it's all built in, and um, it's just a natural way um, to calm your nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about is being able to calm the mind, which calms the nervous system, which can actually allow your hormones and everything else to to do what it needs to do. Yeah, to work properly. Exactly. Yeah. We just have to listen to our bodies, right? Again, going back to kind of that, that, um, you know, topic we were talking about before, we just have to listen to our bodies. And, you know, a lot of times we, we think we know what we need, but if we just kind of listened internally, we really would know what we need. And it's really common for us to have a dip in our circadian rhythm, you know, usually about eight hours after we've woken up. And um, a lot of times that's when we reach for a coffee, right? Or a caffeinated beverage to kind of keep functioning, which certainly sometimes that 
it can be beneficial. I'm not going to lie. We've all done it. But um, also sometimes we just need a really healthy snack or we need a 30 minute nap or something like that, where once you wake up as unproductive as it feels to go have a nap, you know, it actually can make you much more productive once you, you know, have had that bit of a rest. Cause that's really usually what your body needs more than anything else is some really good food, maybe a bit of movement or the opposite of, you know, having a nap. So um, yeah, naps can be really beneficial. I, I find that, um, you know, sometimes naps get put under the category of lazy. And obviously, if you work a nine to five job in an office, you know, napping might not be an option for you. But um, if you don't, and you have that option, and you feel that dip in the afternoon, I usually recommend trying to take a 30 minute nap. And I usually say either 30 minutes or 90 minutes. So 90 minutes is the average length of the sleep cycle an adult sleep cycle, sorry. Um, so if you have the time, obviously, and you need to sleep, go for a really long nap. But most people don't. And you know, the benefit of what we call these cat naps, right, is that, you know, you still give your body that rest um, and, you know, that repair and that option that once you wake up, you know, you are functioning at a better level. Um, the issue is kind of sleeping between 30 and 90 minutes is then we start to get into the deeper stages of sleep. And once you get into those um, and you wake up, you really don't feel great. And it's that sleep inertia of, you know, waking up and feeling groggy. And then it doesn't feel beneficial to have naps. So um, I usually say set your alarm, remind yourself that it takes about 10 minutes to fall asleep. So as soon as you lay down for a nap, what often happens is we start to think about all the things that we should be doing, right? And then very quickly, our mind shifts into that, oh, I'm never going to sleep. Like, this is pointless. I'm not sleeping. You know, you know. Why, why am I even doing this? And um, it, this took me even some training, knowing everything I know. And I can nap. I don't do it very often, but I can nap now for 30 minutes because what I do is I'll lay down. You know, I try and make it quiet and dark and set myself up for sleep. I'll set my alarm for 30 minutes and I lay there. And as soon as those thoughts enter my mind, I try and rephrase and I remind myself that I will be able to sleep. And even if I don't sleep, this is still a really nice break that my body needs. And I wake up 30 minutes later with my alarm and it's marvelous. Um, What, again, going back to kind of that light stage sleep that I was talking about, that first stage of sleep. Um, a lot of times we don't really realize we're sleeping. So a lot of times when those thoughts are coming into our mind, we're already in the first stage of sleep. So again, reminding yourself that you may already be sleeping can really be helpful too. And then again, you'll wake up 30 minutes later. So it's a beautiful thing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I won't lie. I certainly like to have naps when I, when, when time certainly allows like afternoon naps, like, laying down for 90 minutes is just like so fantastic. Um, you know, I, I wish I could do it more often for sure. Um, are there any other sort of tips or tricks that come to mind? Um, you know, where, like, or just even like where, where to start? Yeah, I think the where to start is a great question because it's overwhelming, right? We've talked about quite a few different things and, you know, there's certainly other factors that we didn't even have time to discuss. And, um, you know, of the ones that we kind of talked about, I think are the most relevant for most of the people. The circadian rhythm disorder is fairly uncommon. Um, So 
I usually say, you know, kind of write it down, like write down your initial thoughts on sleep. Like, you know, how often are you not sleeping well? How often are you not feeling well because of that sleep? And then, you know, what is your diet like? Are you eating really well throughout the day? Are you having caffeine or chocolate or, you know, those hidden caffeines kind of too late in the day? So look at your diet and then movement, right? Are you moving your body? You know, obviously experts suggest um, 30 plus minutes a day. And that doesn't have to be exercise. I try not to use the word exercise because exercise isn't realistic for everybody. So I try and say movement because even if you can walk for 30 minutes a day or, you know, whatever it is, you know, vigorously vacuum your house and get your heart rate up that way. It doesn't matter what it is. You just need to move your body. So look at your movement. Are you getting in some movement? Um, your stimulation and again that that artificial light so are you surrounded by artificial light all day are you working on a computer screen only to come home and you know check Facebook or Instagram or whatever for it be at next hour and then after supper you turn on the TV and watch TV for two to three hours before you fall asleep you know that can be a huge factor so looking at that certainly your stress levels right there's an optimal stress point and you know that fight-or-flight like we talk about when you know, stress is good. Stress isn't a bad thing. We hear stress in a negative context mostly um, because people are overstressed, but stress is important. We need a little bit of stress in our life to kind of light that fire under our bums to get things moving. So stress isn't bad, but if you have too much and it's turning into toxic stress, then that is going to have a toll on many factors, not just your sleep, obviously. So looking at kind of your, your stress um, during the day and what you can do to kind of, you know, lower that the importance of a bedtime routine and, you know, really looking at what you're doing to prepare your mind and body for sleep at night. Um, another thing that people, a lot of people suffer with is waking up in the night. So if you find that you're waking up in the night, um, you know, sometimes it, has to do with our perception on sleep and our, like I said before, it's really normal to wake in the night. So if you're just waking up and able to fall back asleep kind of fairly quickly, then that really isn't an issue. If you're waking up though constantly and having a hard time falling asleep, then that certainly is going to be an issue. Um, there's something called the bootsing technique. Um, I think he developed it roughly 40 years ago now. And uh, really what it entails is essentially trying to train our mind to prefer sleep over waking up. So it's as simple as, um, you know, trying to remove the clocks from your room. So not necessarily looking at your clock when you wake up, but if you wake up and you perceive that you've been laying in bed for about 15 minutes or longer, then get up. Don't try not to turn any lights on or really stimulate yourself, but get up and go do something mundane. So sweep the floors, rearrange the spice rack or something like that, and then go back to bed after 15 minutes and repeat this process. Because what happens over time is your subconscious mind really truly starts to prefer sleep over waking up in the night. So it's one little way that we can kind of, you know, retrain our mind into preferring sleep. But um, a lot of it really is that perception shift, right? That, um, you know, sleep is important. Important. And if we can kind of look at the things that are getting in the way of our body's ability to sleep well, then we're going to start to sleep better again. And, and honestly, I think anybody is capable of that. So what I'm hearing really is um, that the first step is, you know, really just bringing your awareness to what's going on around your sleep, right? Like, so taking the time right. to reflect and write down, like, where are you currently? And then once you can kind of see that big overview of like, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'm drinking coffee a little too late. Um, it will illuminate to you 
you know, some, some areas of attention. And then I feel like the next step after that is asking yourself, well, what's the next best step for me? Like, what is one thing that I can change and starting from there? That's exactly it. Whenever I work with somebody, we always start with a questionnaire because I need to know what's going on and I need to know all the factors. And then we write a sleep or I write a sleep plan and then we step into it because you're right. Like where, what can we do first? What's kind of the easiest thing to bite off that's going to make the most amount of difference. And yeah, once we're aware of what it is that's getting in our way, everything becomes easier. Amazing. Uh, And again, I think it goes back to that awareness, right? If we're busy, you know, in our daily hustle, like it's, it's hard to find the time to, to sit down and reflect, but you know, if there's an issue, um, that's exactly probably what needs to happen is bringing that time and awareness so that you can reap the overall benefits in the long term. Exactly. It'll be worth the time and effort. If you're having chronic sleep issues, it'll be worth the time to, to put in that little bit of effort of identifying what is in the way and then how to, how to adjust it. So my question then to you is, um, based on everything we've talked about, you know, there might be individuals who, you know, have a hard time doing it on their own. Uh, so obviously somebody like yourself, um, could be really, really helpful in accountability and, and keeping on track. So where are the best places for people to find you? Thanks for asking. Yeah, that is really what I pride myself on. I love the the hand-holding part, right? The coaching kind of part and, and writing the plan. So um, my website's bedtimebeginnings.com. Um, I have packages for adults and children alike um, because obviously it's very different as I'm sure you would guess. Um, but I have different options there because I really want to be able to help anybody. And some people do need the hand-holding and some people don't. And some people just need, you know, kind of help with identifying what are the issues and then that sleep plan part of, you know, how can we fix it? Um, So yeah, I would say, I would suggest for people to just go onto my website. Obviously, they're welcome to contact me by email as well, which would just be brooke at bedtimebeginnings.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions. I truly believe the world would be a better place if more people slept well. Amazing. And uh, just in case our listeners can't write that down right now, um, I will get the uh, links and the email address posted in our show notes. So you'll be able to access the contact info there um, in case you have questions or you, um, you know, really want to dive deep and tackle, you know, um, the sleep issue. um, You'll be able to find all that info there. So Brooke, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share with us, um, you know, information about sleep and most importantly, Importantly, you know, just offering some basic perspective and, and tips to just even help people begin to identify what may be what may be causing their sleep issue. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really find it's important to just bring awareness to this. So I appreciate you having me and, and you know, even being open to talking about sleep. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And obviously, thank you to all of our listeners. And of course, make sure you subscribe. You can find us on all kinds of platforms, iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. um, And there's many more other ways to be listening to the podcast. And uh, if there's any topics that you guys would like to hear, 
certainly uh, reaching out or commenting. Um, we'll, we'll try to make that happen. So thanks again for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.